off because you know my, my household is like in a bad situation. So like, so like I needed need a job with like applying and everything. So then somebody from my family they came offered me a job. So I'm like, cool, what's up? So so um so then um I pray for it. I asked my friend to pray, and the very next day I get the job. And like. And like it's so it's so awesome how God's been blessing me. It's like been break through this this whole week, and I have been praying for a long time, asking God. And man, it's it's just so awesome to see God work. Cause you know God is faithful, and He always loves us. So he never leaves us. Amen. So like I I want to share this scripture with you. And um and basically what what this is about um it's like he's Simon. He's in a boat, and Jesus calls him. And um yeah. So um. So I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. When, when, he, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep into deep water and let the nets, and let the nets for a catch. Simon asked the master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down nets. Oh, amen. When, when, when they had done so, he caught such a large number of fish that their nets began. So, man, that really just shows how God is so faithful. When you think that God's not going to do anything he does, and God comes through, and God is just always there. Like, have you ever felt that way? Like, you know, you're praying. You're like, God, I need this. I need this. He's not there. And then, then like, God just, he speaks to you. He's like, just just keep going on God. I'm going to do it. And he does it. And he comes through. So, like, my, my life is a testimony of how faithful God is. So, um, let's just pray. Lord God, we pray for the service, Lord. I pray for a breakthrough in the service, Lord God. I pray for you to come and answer prayer, Lord God. You're faithful. We know you are. Lord God, we love you. We believe in you. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, we serve a God that is faithful. He still moves on behalf of his people. Amen. You guys believe it? Come on, this first song is called Our God. And for us to sing it, we're going to sing a whole bunch of things that our God does in our lives and that he still does. So as we sing it, I just want you guys right now just to lift up your hands and as a sign of surrender, saying, God, we just think you can control. God, we believe, God, that you still move on behalf of your people, God. They're not just words on a screen for us, Lord. They're not just words on a book. God, we believe that your power and your love and your majesty is in this place for every person, God. God, come and have your way. Come and have your way. Come on, from your own words. Come on, say, God, come and have your way. Oh, oh. Come and have your way, Lord. Come on, help me sing it. Water you turned. Water you turned into wine. You've opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. And out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Oh, sing our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, 
And our God Come on, sing it again Our God And our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God And our God
And if our God is for us, and who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, and what could stand? And if our God is for us, and who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, and what could stand against? Oh, Lord, and what could stand against? Then what could stand? What could stand against the Lord? Then what could stand? Come on, right now, I'm just in an attitude of worship with all eyes closed in this place. Come on, they're just more than words on a karaoke screen. We believe that the living God is in our midst. And He's such a good God. He's such a powerful God. We believe that here today. So everybody just in one accord. Maybe you're struggling to see that your God can provide. Maybe you're struggling to see that your God can come through. Man, you've had so many things oppose you. So many things not go right and always go wrong. And come on, right now, he's in this place. We turn to you, Lord. Come on, if you're struggling in this morning right now to see God as an almighty, powerful God, opening the eyes of the blind, standing for you in your cause. Come on. God, you stand with us. Can we pray for every heart in this place, God? We sing out to you, to you, Lord. Oh, come to the water, you thirst, and you'll thirst no more. Come to the Father, you work and you work no more. Come soon again, come to the water. Come to the waters, you thirst and you thirst no more. Come to the Father. You work and you work no more. It's all you. It's all you who labor. And to the broken shame. Well, love is here. Love is now. Love is falling from his hands, from his eyes. Love is near, The streams of mercy flowing from his side. His love is here. Oh, love is here. 
come to the treasure you search and you'll search no more Oh, come to the lover you want, and you want no more. And all you who labor in vain, and to the broken, and to the broken is shame. Yeah, love is here. Love is now. Love is flowing from his hands, from his brows. Well, love is me, yeah, it's satisfied. Well, streams of mercy flowing. Oh. And to the bruised and fallen, captives bound and broken hearted, he is the Lord. He is the Lord, yeah. By His stripes He's paid our ransom. From His wounds we drink salvation. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Love is here. Love is Love is near, yeah, Oh, streams of mercy flowing from His side. Love is here, yeah. Love is Musia. Love is pouring from His hands, from His wrath. Love is near. Streams of mercy flowing from His side. Yeah. streams of mercy flowing from His side. streams of mercy flowing from His side. One time, streams of mercy. It flows from you, Lord. Let it flow from you. Every heart, we give you our adoration, Lord. Oh, love is here. Love is here. Come on, church. Love is here. Love is here. Come on, you don't have to fight for it. You don't have to beg for it. It's already here. Come on, be filled in this place. Love is here. Every dry heart, every hungry heart, love is here. Love is here. Oh, come on, worship. Love is here.
Die here today, Lord. You make us more like Jesus. That's what it's about, Lord. Fill us with your spirit, God. We can't do it without you. We were never meant to do it without you, Lord. We humble ourselves this morning, God. We ask for more. Would you come and fill us up? Would you lead us to the cross? To the cross I look To the cross I cling Of this suffering I do dream Of this work I do sing For only my Savior, both bruised and crushed, show that God is love, and God is just. Come we'll sing at the cross, everyone. And at the cross of you, you draw me gently to my knees and tie your without you, broken, holy soup at the cross of at the cross of you. 
draw me gently Put you on my knees and die Priceless gift and undeserved life. Or have I been given or through Christ crucified? You call me out of death. And you call me into life. Oh, come on, church, let's sing it. And I was under your wrath. Now through the cross I'm reconciled. Oh, because of Jesus. We're at the cross of you. You beckon me. Gently to my knees and die Lost for work, I'm so lost. Lost in love, for lying. We're sweetly broken. Holy surrender. Well, at the cost of you, can we draw me gently to my knees? to sing it out at the cross Lord, at the cross come on sing it out Come on, churches, begin to offer up your praise in this place. Begin to offer up your worship unto God. Oh, Lord, we sing it out to you. We thank you, Lord. We bless you for the cross, Jesus. Oh, come on, if you're filled with the Spirit in this place, Holy Spirit, we give you control. For you and you alone. Oh, we sing it out to you, Lord. We lift you up, O God. 
double dose of the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hands up in this place. Come on, we're saying we want more of God, the Holy Spirit. Come on, he's here. And this is all that's going to happen. The music's not going to go loud. The music's going to play. But this is what I want you to do. I just want you to say, Lord, fill me. Come and fill my heart. Overflow. And come on, as those who are filled with the Spirit, just to begin to speak in tongues. Come on, for those who are not, just receive it in this place. Be baptized in fire in Jesus' name. Come fill us, Lord. Fill us, God. More and more and more. More of you, more. More of you, Lord. There's so much more of you, God. God, we bless you in this place, God. 
And we thank you for speaking to your people. Come on, just thank them right now, church. You don't have to do anything more than that. Come on, the miracle is that God is speaking and he uses people to reach out to hearts. We bless you, God. Thank you, Lord.
want us to take the next few minutes still to keep worshiping Him. And if you need to let go, let go now. You must seek the Lord while He might be found. Clock is ticking. Let go. Let go of sin. Let go of bitterness. Let go of hurt. Let go of it all. God is saying, and worship me. I run to the cross. Let my blood wash you clean. hearts were convicted. I believe that, God, you spoke to people, Father, and, and they have the free will to respond to your words. God, I pray that in all these words, they won't forget. God, I pray that you will remind your people of the words that you, you spoke to them right now in Jesus' name. Father, we give you thanks and praise, Father God. We give you praise and thanks, God, for what you did right now, for what you're going to do. For what you're going to do, oh God. For those that you're calling this morning to draw to you, for those of you calling, God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Let's give God a thanks and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen, amen. You can have a seat. My name is Bert. I'm one of the pastors here at MPI. Metro Praise International right now. Would like to ask the parents to dismiss their children towards the sound booth. The nursery workers will lead them to the back. If we can turn to John chapter 3, verse 16, I want to share a powerful scripture. Remember, I first heard this scripture, it pierced my heart, and it still does today. John chapter 3, verse 16. Up on the screen. I want to talk to you about eternal life. Eternal life. Eternity. 
eternal life. There's two places. There's heaven, there's hell. And we're all going to end up going some one of these two places. The moment we were born and mother conceives us, we've begun to live eternity. Your soul will live for eternity. Your body is going to die, but your soul will live for eternity. In John 3, verse 16, it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves the entire world. God loves you and I and the entire world that he sent his son Jesus Christ, blameless, pure, holy, righteous, just, the same attributes of God. There's none like him. None of us can be like God. None of us can compare to the character of God. He sent his son and he put him on a cross and he, he slaughtered him. He punished him. He shed his blood. He took a punishment that he did not deserve, but that we all deserve because we all have sin. We all have curse. We all have lie. We all have been perverted. We all have steal. We all have been adulterous. We all have stole, you know, become greedy. We all have done the worst of the worst sins. The thing is this, the reason God sent, God sent his son Jesus down the cross was to put the punishment upon the world, upon his son. He'd rather punish his son instead of punishing us because he loved us. He loved us. And he still loves us. He loves us. He loves us so much and it's demonstrated through the cross of Jesus. The thing is this, that some of us have not given Jesus our sin. Some of us have not given Jesus the sin that is keeping us from God. You cannot enter. The moment your body dies, your heart starts pumping. You cannot enter heaven with sin because it's contradicted to God's character. That's why he said his son Jesus. Only judgment and wrath stands at your door. Only judgment and wrath stands at your door. If you hold bitterness, if you hold anger, if you hold resentment, if you hold lies, if you have this lifestyle and these things in your heart, you might look pretty in the outside, you might look fine in the outside, you might do good things and, and you name it. But in, in your heart, if you don't ask Jesus to wash you with the blood of Jesus, with his blood, you will not be forgiven. In the eyes of God, when He you face him, he will send you to hell. Because he says, you know what? This is contrary to my character. I give you a chance. I send Jesus. And in Jesus, you're going to find yourself in the image, in the character that I've always destined you to live in. Tonight, I mean this morning, you have the opportunity to ask Jesus to wash you from your sins. And to receive the gift of salvation. To receive that what God gave us, his one and only son. Perfect, holy, just, and pure, and righteous. None of us are righteous. I stand righteous only, and the saints of God that are here that have accepted Jesus stand righteous only because they have believed in what Jesus did for them, and they have given their sin to Jesus, and they asked for the blood of Jesus to wash them clean. This is the only reason why. If you can please stand. close our eyes and pray right now if your heart is pounding if you're feeling the conviction i'm telling you tomorrow is not promised for you not forget the word of god spoken through the saints this morning through worship tomorrow is not promised to you to you you need to let go let go if you can learn just to let go and ask jesus to wash you with his blood and put your faith in what he did on the cross, you will be accepted in the eyes of God. You will be accepted to eternal life. 
Father, I lift up every sinner in this room, oh God. I ask that you convict them of their sin. I ask that you give them courage, God, to repent. I ask that you draw them, Father God. I command every demon that's keeping them from you to loosen them now in Jesus' name, Father God. I have declared I lose your freedom. I lose your freedom. I lose salvation, Father God. Please draw them, oh Father God. God, we intercede for them right now. Draw them, saints of God, intercede for them now. Draw them. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. Worthy is the land that was slain. You will receive the reward of your salvation, oh God, whether you send them to hell or draw them to heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jose Lito and Grisela want to pray for whoever needs prayer, whoever has repented, whoever needs encouragement and join a life group and discipleship here at this church that we offer. They're right over here. They want to pray for you. Please come. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You know, that's what the devil wants to put you. He wants to shame your heart. No, no shame, no condemnation. Once you come to Jesus, he washes you with the blood. You're made new. This a new life. And we want to encourage you and help you grow in the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you can please uh, put our confession of faith. We're going to recite our confession of faith. We do this because it's a Christian worldview. The count of three. Let's recite this together. One, two. I believe in one God, the Creator, who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in His death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe perfect Holy Bible that revealed God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the death. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles, prophets, elders, and deacons in which the gates of hell should now prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind that is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise and thanks. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's find the next few minutes of fellowships and greet one another. Say hi.
Amen, amen. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to Metro Praise International. As you find your way back to your seats, thank you, thank you for visiting us this morning and joining with us as we worship the Lord. Was that a powerful time in God's presence or what? Thank you, Jesus. My name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. Thank you again for coming. Our services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. And every Friday night, we have a youth group, Elevate. At 7 p.m., powerful time in God's presence that they have, just inviting their friends and teenagers and raising them up to be soldiers for Jesus. One of our announcements that we have for this week coming up is Life in the Spirit Conference. Somebody make some noise about that if you are excited. It is our summer conference, and we are so pumped about it. We're going to have a Friday night session, two sessions on Saturday, and then on Sunday after service, the whole church is just going out to Montrose Beach for a picnic and baptisms. Come on. So if you have friends, families, neighbors, strangers, pull them up off the street and bring them here. We're going to have a powerful, powerful time, especially for those baptisms on Sundays. But we want everybody to participate for the whole retreat, for the whole conference. And so we would love to see you be a part of that. Our vision at, here at Metro Praise International is very simple. Our desire is to follow the two greatest commandments that God gave us. We want to love God and we want to love people. Somebody say, love God and love people. If our, there are any visitors here, we want to take some time and just welcome you. And if you have not received one of these brochures, this is our first time visitor brochure, just raise up your hand. Our ushers will get it out to you. If you can fill out the bottom portion, there's a perforated card. You can just drop it in the drop box. We would love to contact you. Our discipleship strategy is threefold. We connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect people to the cross. We want to mentor them with the cross. And we want to send them out to go share the cross. And the way we connect people first is through our weekly life groups. Somebody say life groups. And if you've received this handout to take notes on, in the back, this is our life group schedule, times, and locations, and leaders. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, there's a life group for you. To look to your other neighbor and say, there's one for you too. Find a place to belong. We are a church of disciples that share life together, and we want to share life with you. And then we want to mentor you. We want to take you through our 101 book, Welcome to Your New Life. It's seven steps. We have elders and deacons ready to, to meet with you throughout the week and to teach you what it means to live a life filled with God, following after his commands. And then our 201 book, we have a Sunday school class. Sunday mornings, come and be a part of it and join us. And then we want to send you out to go evangelizing and sharing your faith on the streets and to those around you. And then our goal here at MPI is to have 50 churches in this city with 100,000 disciples and 500 churches across the world. If you believe we can do that, say amen. By God's spirit, we can do it. At this time, we're going to partake of our tithes and offerings. We're going to prepare to give to the Lord. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Leviticus 27, verse 30. Leviticus 27, 30. We believe that the tithe is 10% of your total income. That belongs to the Lord. And anything above that, an offering, is an amount between you and the Lord that we designate towards our building fund and towards missions because we believe that the nations need to hear about Jesus. Amen? If you're there in Leviticus, say, I'm there. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And what this passage is saying is very simple. A tithe
that comes through our hand. Obviously, this is the Old Testament. They're talking about grain and fruits and different things. That's not how we give our tithes today. We give it monetarily through our finances, our income. Everything that comes through our hands, a tithe, a 10% of that belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. That word holy means set apart. It is set apart to the Lord. And even Paul encouraged the churches to set apart a sum of money in giving to the church. And so Paul represented the church at that time. So we believe a tithe, if you give faithfully to your church, that God will meet your needs. Amen? He is not a man that he shall lie. We are blessed when we give. Because when what comes through our hands, we give to God. He'll give us more to be a giver. Let's be givers this morning. I want to thank all those faithful tithers and givers to offering. Your work before the Lord does not go unnoticed. We thank you for partnering with us. And I want to challenge those who haven't been faithful to tithing. Please do so. You will see God do amazing things in your life. Amen. Please stand up with me as we prepare to come forward and give. Let's recite this out loud together, our famous scripture that we love to repeat every week as it comes up on the screen. And we wait. Amen. I should have it memorized. Who has it memorized? All right. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. I lift up every single person in this room. I ask, oh God, that you would continue to favor them on their jobs. Open doors that no man can shut. I pray, God, for increase, for raises, for employment. I ask, oh God, for those that have been faithful to you, that you will continue to be faithful to them, God. I thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us. In Metro Praise, I ask, oh God, that you would meet our budget again this month so that we could do what you've called us to do, to reach the city and reach the nations for your glory and for your fame in jesus name we pray amen come forward as you give look at your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? <laughs> awesome. It's so good to see everybody here, man. We just want to welcome all the families that have come for our baby dedication. We just are so excited that you're here. There is nothing like babies. Does anybody here love babies? Just love holding on them, loving on them, kissing on them, letting the moms change them, then get them back, hugging on them, loving on them. So we're going to ask all the baby mamas and baby daddies to come on up. We're going to welcome them as they come. Let's give them a hand clap right here. Come on. We got Rachel Rivera with Isaiah, Ricardo Rivera. We've got Vanessa Vitali with Josiah. 
and Chris Vitale. We have Phoebe and Jessica and Salvador. We have uh, Sue Ellen. Oh, look at this little guy with Jeremiah and Jared. We have Danielle with Lauren and Andrew. All five of these wonderful babies. Let's just give a hand clap to the Lord. Amen. I would like, um, maybe I'll hold the mic for Rachel again, but uh, would you share the testimony that you did a while back, because I don't think everybody's heard it, about why all these babies are basically within a month of each other and the good that God did. Rick, are you going to hold them? Oh, there you go. It's a good dad. Amen. First, we just want to say thank you to all our family and friends that have come out. Um, and really, we wanted to do this together because this is such an awesome testimony in life, living proof of what God can do, that God hears our prayers. Do you guys believe he hears your prayers? Man, um, all of us up here, um, secretly, we all were praying for um, ourselves to be pregnant. You know, um, some of us up here have the testimony of, um, of being healed from um, past losses. Some of us have had miscarriages up here. Some of us have had uh, fetal losses, um, babies that have been older that um, are with the Lord now. And some of us have been trying and trying and, and nothing really happening. And uh, last year, or two years ago, rather, we had a special speaker, uh, Glenn Badonski, come and uh, speak at our winter retreat. And during the service, the Holy Spirit was moving, and he just felt led to ask one of our ladies here, you know, what can I pray for you for? And, and the prayer request is, you know, I, I want to get pregnant. And he's like, is there anybody else in this room that wants to get pregnant? And all of us walk up, and all of us are leaders in this room and, you know, elders of our church and stuff. And he's like, wow, God really wants to do something awesome in this church and in our families. So all of us got prayed for. And all of us delivered within five months of each other. We all got pregnant together. We all were big together. But, man, and here are our babies um, as testimonies of what God has done. And we give praise and thanks to the Lord for that. Amen. Let's just bless the Lord. Come on. Um, families, if you guys could maybe take a step back and then face me, because I want to make eye contact with you guys all up here. Yeah, just face me like that. Thank you. We as a church uh, just believe in families. We believe that what we're doing here is very, very significant. A lot of times people ask us, do we do baby dedications, uh, uh, rather baby baptisms? And we say baby dedication. And sometimes people get confused and they say, well, you know, I was a part of a church that we baptized the baby. Now, the first thing is you never see that in the Bible where a baby is baptized. A baptism is for believers who can confess Christ and be saved. So you never see babies getting baptized. So we only do what Jesus does. But when you look at the Bible, there was a very unique story with Jesus and children, and it shows how important it is that we do what we do here today and pray for our children. I want you to listen as I read this. Mark, or rather Matthew 19, 13 through 15 says, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hand on them and pray for them. So they brought children to Jesus to do what? Pray for them. And then what happened? But the disciples rebuked them. The disciples said, no, Jesus is too busy. He's too important. He's not here to do a daycare. This ain't, you know, Daddy Jesus daycare. This man's got his stuff to do. And the disciples rebuked him. But then Jesus said, listen to this message. It's so important. Everyone here needs to hear what Jesus said. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So we don't have to baptize them to ensure that, God forbid, something would happen, they would go to heaven. They're already on their way to heaven as children. It's not until they become young adult and teenagers that they discover their sinful nature, that they have to repent and be born again. 
but children. They have an entrance into heaven. Amen? And so we don't baptize them as we baptize sinners who accept Christ. We pray for them. And we say, Lord, give them a great life. Let them be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Come on, yeah. Let them do great things for God. And then what we want to do is we want to pray for their moms and dads, that their moms and dads will have strength. And every mom and dad here, we applaud you and what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your family with the church. And so we want to pray with you today. We want to lay hands on these children. And we want to ask God to make you strong, healthy, wealthy, and wise, and that you'll be able to impart that to your children. And that you can be a part of what God is doing upon the earth today. Let his kingdom come first through our families, amen, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let our families reflect the glory of God. Let our marriages be happy and blessed. Let our children grow up and be leaders in this community, amen. I mean, because if there's anybody, I want to be a businessman, it's this guy. I want him to be the next Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if if there's anybody we want to succeed, it's God's people. It's God's children. Amen? All right. Congregation, would you stand with us now, please? And I would like to ask now that uh, you guys would just take a step forward. And just their immediate family, moms and dads, rather grandparents, if you would come. And keep facing me, guys. But I'm going to ask grandparents now to come and place their hands on their shoulders. So if you are the mom or dad of Lauren, Andrew, Jared, Sue Ellen, Rachel or Ricky, Chris or Vanessa, Jessica or Salvador, would you please come on? And just place your hand on their shoulders, moms and dads, just like you got their back. Come on. Oh, we thank you, grandparents, for not killing your children, letting them grow up, and now you get the reward of grandchildren. Amen. Grandparents, if I could just look at you just for a moment. You've done such an awesome job to get them to this stage of life to where they can have children and you can be grandparents. Keep it up. Keep working hard at it. We need your help. I know I need my grandparents, uh, my parents' help, and my kids need their grandparents. So we're going to pray especially for you too. Amen? Father, we now thank you for these families that are up here, moms and dads. Grandparents, Lord, we ask you to bless them with strength so that they can raise their grandchildren and children, Lord. And that these children, each one of them now will be blessed. All the dreams and hopes and the future you have for each one of them will come to pass. We come against Satan and his attack on this generation. And all that he would try to do, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We pray for protection of health. We pray for blessing. We pray for wisdom. We pray for education, Father God. We pray, Lord, that they will excel in all that they do. No weapon formed against them will prosper Lord, they have the kingdom of God now in their hearts as children. Let us learn to have faith like them, Lord. And as they get older, may they choose to always serve you every day of their life. In Jesus' name. And all the congregation said, amen. Let's bless the Lord. I want everybody just to make a long line right here. Make a long line spread out because we are going to let you come from your seats and shake their hands. We are... fellowshipping church so just get comfortable it's a little bit hot up in here but it's okay dj get some party music ready now would you come up and just shake some hands and just tell them that you're proud of them and give them your well wishes right now dj would you play some music come on let's do that let's just greet them now together thank you
your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. We're in the middle of a series called Discipleship. Everybody say Discipleship. Thank you. We are talking this whole month about discipleship, being a follower of Jesus Christ. You can find all of our messages for free online at mpichurch.org and daily devotionals at lifechangingdevotions.com. Every one this month is on discipleship. 365 devotions every month. We have a new series for devotions. Lifechangingdevotions.com gets you a daily dose of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a what, what? Come on, just five minutes to read that thing. It's got some scriptures. It will encourage you to be a disciple. Lifechangingdevotions.com or mpichurch.org. It's all there. This series this month is to challenge you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Everybody say disciples. Thank you. And our subtitle is, You Had Me at Come. The moment Jesus said come to some of us here, it was like, I'm running, Jesus. Now, you know, a lot of us, we were backsliders and we ran back, you know. But then when he said, come again, we came again. We talked about that last week, didn't we? And just what it means to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean we're always perfect. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But what it means is we stay with Jesus. Where he goes, we follow. Today's message that I want to talk to you about is the calling. Everybody say the calling. Today's message is entitled the calling. Last week was come and follow Jesus. Today is the calling, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. What were they? Thank you. And he said, come follow me, and I will give you your best life now. Come follow me, and I will make you a millionaire. Come follow me, and I will make you good looking. 
I'll help you win American Idol. I'll make you Tim Tebow. Slam dunk like Michael Jordan. Is that what he said? Give you a bus pass that never runs dry? Come on, get you some arroz con candules, fried chicken or pizza, all you can eat? A membership to the Golden Corral? Is that what he said? No, he said, come follow me and I will make you what? Can we say it again? Come follow me and I will make you what? And it says that they immediately left their nets and followed him. Imagine being there that day as a fisherman with your brother, making your living off of what you catch out of the ocean or the, or the lake for them. I've, I've uh, lived in New Orleans eight and a half years. I've been to the ocean many times, and I know fishermen are rugged, and the boats that they have cost a lot of money, and what they have there, their nets and everything they do, they spend a lot of time at it. They're good at it. They're experts at it. They were trained at it. And here Jesus says, come follow me. I'm going to take your passion for fishing, your excitement, and your, your livelihood of fishing, and I'm going to change it for fishing for people. And the Bible says they didn't hesitate. They didn't look at their 401k. They didn't go back and ask their dad if it was okay. Immediately, they left their nets and followed Jesus. You see, that takes a certain kind of person that understands who Jesus is, that he's worth leaving everything behind. Sometimes we talk about following Jesus is just leaving the bad behind. Well, I was busted and disgusted. Man, I had a terrible life, but I left it behind for Jesus. Oh, but now I've got a good job. I could never leave that behind for Jesus. Oh, now I've got a boat and I've got a, a place at the lake and I've got to go sailing for Jesus. He wouldn't ask me to leave that behind. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Peter and Andrew selling drugs, Belmont and Clark being involved in pimping women and all of this. Are you listening? Oh, come and leave it behind because you guys are a bunch of dirty sinners. No, he said, you guys doing good stuff here. This is something you devoted your life to. It's been handed down from generation to generation. But I'm here. Leave it and follow me. Immediately they left it all behind. Are you willing to do that? That's what we talked about last week. Are you willing to say, God, it's not about my job. You come first. It's not about my wife. You come first. It's not about my kids. You come first. It's not about money. You come first. Because if I put you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, all these other things, they're going to follow. I will be the best dad when I'm serving Jesus Christ. I will be the best husband when I'm serving Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness up in here? You see, if you put something before God, the things then that you have will get messed up. You put your job before God, that job will bring you stress, it won't satisfy you, and that will never be able to fill the hole inside your heart. You put your wife before God, your family before God, and you will never be satisfied. But you put God first, you can stay in love with your wife. You can stay in love with your children. You can find your passion, even if you're cleaning up, working at McDonald's, or working for the school system with kids going cray-cray. No matter what you're doing, you can say, you know what? Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad. I will do all things as unto God. Whatever I do here, I'm doing to God. He's numero uno. He's not four and fifth on the list. He's number one. Look at your neighbor and say number one. And then he looked to the next one, verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and what? And come on, follow me. Verse 22, and what? Y'all tired, y'all sleepy something. We ain't doing that today. We're going to do this till you get it. And what? Say immediately. Say it like you up and you a 300 Spartan for Jesus. And what? There you guys go. And immediately. And immediately they left the boat and what? Their father and what? 
followed him. It's his way or the highway, folks. If he is who he said he is, if he is God in the flesh, does he not deserve it? I'm going to ask you that question again. Everybody look up at me, please. We love you, family. We want you to come back. But I would rather offend you and you know the truth than you like me and you're on your way to hell. I want everybody to look up at me. Is not Jesus worth it? If he's not worth it, then put him in the category of Buddha and Muhammad and all the other world religious leaders. Put him in that category and then just go to the buffet of religion whenever you want. Just get a little bit of Jesus because I like Jesus. And then a little bit of Buddha because he's kind of cool too. And I see him at the Chinese restaurant, a little belly, you know what I'm saying? And those little fortune cookies, a little bit of that. And a little bit of yoga, you know, you know, crooked butterfly. I, I, I'm just going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But hold on. If he is who he said he is then he alone is God. And he is the only way to the Father. And that means he's worth it all. And when he walked the earth, the kingdom of God was literally where Jesus was. And that's why he literally said, leave your job. This is worth it. Leave everything you have behind because this is worth it. Your soul depends on it. You follow Jesus to the end of his life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He now has these disciples. They ain't been perfect. Peter denied Jesus how many times? Who quit and hung himself? Judas. Who was the youngest? John. Some of you study your Bible. That's good. Look at Matthew chapter 28, 19. There's 11 of them. They haven't been perfect, but they've, stick, they've stuck with it. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. I like to compare it to marriage. I haven't always treated my wife the way I should. I haven't always been sensitive to her needs. I feel sorry for my wife sometimes that she has to live with me. She's raising three kids that I helped her make, but she birthed them all. What would I, you know, she gets the hard part. I get the easy part, okay? I was out preaching uh, yesterday in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, I come home, and she's been taking care of the kids all day. And what's the first thing I call her up for? Do you got dinner ready for me? I'm spoiled. I know. Don't hate celebrating. Don't you women try to change her because I like her just the way she is. Oh, let, oh, I'll talk to her. I'll make her sassy. No, I don't want her to be sassy. I want her to be just the way she is. But, but I want you to understand this. As I look at that, hey, I haven't always treated her right. That's right. That's true. Joe, have you messed up in marriage? Yes, I have. But I have never cheated on her. I have never left her to go to Deja Vu Club. Are you, are you tracking with me? I never found a hookup on Craigslist. See, it's the same thing with Christianity. You may make mistakes, yes. You may sometimes do dumb things and have to repent. But don't ever turn your back on Jesus. Don't ever give him back the ring and say it's over. I'm going back to the world. God can work through your sin. God can work through your problems. What he'll never do is try to change your mind. He can't do it. He didn't try to change the devil's mind. In heaven, the devil said, I don't want to be here anymore. He said, go on and go then if you don't want to be here anymore. He hasn't ever tried to change people's mind. When Adam and Eve were about ready to eat the apple, he didn't show up and go, guys, do you really want to do that? Do you come on, think about it. I created the apple. I created all of this, and you're about ready to disobey what I said. It won't go good for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And take the apple away. He let them make the choice. He let them. He'll never take that from you. So it's your choice today. Do you stick with Jesus? Though none may follow, will you follow? Well, sometimes I mess up. Good, get back up and get cleaned up. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't. Well, repent and start saying the right things. 
It's a journey with Jesus Christ, not just a momentary decision. It's a journey with Jesus Christ. One day I said I would marry her. Yes, that was a decision. But every day I back up that decision by being with my wife. Are you all with me in Matthew 28? If you're there, say I'm there. Now look at verse 19. Or let's just go to verse 18. Then Jesus came to them. Who is the them there? They are what? Disciples. Everybody go, D-O-C, baby. Disciples of Christ. They are disciples of Christ. He comes to them after he has raised from the dead, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Does Buddha have some of the authority? Does the devil have some of the authority? Are Jesus and the devil in an arm wrestling match? It's like Jesus is like, come on, I'm going to get him today. I'm going to get No, it's already done, is it not? All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. Not to presidents, not to kings, not to dictators, not to rulers, not to any other god or, or religious figure. All authority belongs to Jesus. Now he says, therefore, stay in your church and come once a week for an hour. Therefore, just watch Christian TV and, and just, uh, you know, give to the preacher every now and then. Just read Christian books and have a Christian bumper sticker with your church's name on it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He was with them for three years, making them disciples, and he kept his word. First thing he said to them was, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will change your passion to helping others. He spends three years with them. They've made mistakes. Peter denied him three times. The Bible, three times the Bible even says that in one of his denials, he was so scared that he would get, uh, uh, you know, uh, thought that he was with Jesus that he cussed out a little girl to try to convince her that he was not with Jesus so he wouldn't be crucified with Jesus. That's, that's how crazy uh, Peter was. And then the Bible says that Peter then went back to fishing. He quit being with the disciples. And we read last week in John that Jesus purposely went to him and said, Hey, Peter. Do you love me? And asked him three times for every time he betrayed him, did he love Jesus? Because Jesus wanted to say, I can deal with your sin. If you don't quit on me, I'm not quitting on you. So now he comes to the disciples and he says, go and now make disciples of all nations. You guys go and take what I've given you and spread it to the world. You know that right now Christianity grows eight times faster than the rate of birth? Every time somebody is born in this world, a baby is born, eight more are born again. And do you know that 80% of the churches that they're getting born again in is just like this, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, on fire, laying on hands of the sick. Are you listening? This is what God is doing around the world. These disciples have made the name of Jesus the greatest name on the planet, most popular, more than Disney World, Mickey Mouse, more than Michael Jackson, and the Bible is the most read book in all of the world. This message is being spread. Why? Because one disciple passes the baton to another disciple, to another disciple. So we reach one to teach one to reach one. We reach one to teach one to reach one. We keep reaching them and saying, teaching them, and then go out and reach them. We reach up to heaven. We reach into our heart, and we reach out to touch the world. I don't care how you say it, connect, mentor, send. We connect to the cross. We get mentored with the cross. We go out and share the cross with the whole world. However you say it, it never changes. Jesus Christ is looking for disciples that will make disciples. So go into all the world, make disciples of the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is our triune God, one being in three persons, and teaching them to obey just the easy things I've commanded you. Teach them to obey just the things that make the church have money. Hello, are y'all looking up at the scripture? Teach them to obey how many things? Everything I've commanded you. Did Jesus give us suggestions or did he give us commands? 
So when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, is that a suggestion? You driving on the traffic, you know, and somebody cuts you up. I don't know if I got to follow that command right now. I'm going to let them know what I really think about them. Your coworker does something bad to you, mis- uh, uses you, abuses you, does something. Do you just set that command aside? What about with your children? You know, do we put karate class, karate, above Wednesday Bible class for our children? Do we put their sports and things above God? Do we teach our children God is number one? I was just with my parents in Fort Wayne, and they were saying, I remember when you would be in football practice, and we'd be going to the, the practices. We would pick you up. You would change in the back of the car and bring you to church. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I had a mom that didn't put a rubber ball above the God of the universe. It's like we're going to get to heaven, and and Jesus is going to go, this is how much you read your Bible. This much, this much, a little bit. But this is how much you watch people with a piece of wood hit a ball over a fence. This much. And this is how much you watch the housewives of Jersey Shore. This much. You see, God's going to show us what we really did with our lives. Are we a disciple of Christ or are we a disciple of the Cubs, the Sox, the Bulls? I'm glad you're getting offended. I want you to go to heaven, not to hell. You say, that's my team. That's my team. Oh, you get paid? You wear a jersey? You got tickets they give you for free? That ain't your team. They'll get transferred tomorrow to another team, and they'll be talking about how much they love their fans over there. They don't love you, friends. Show up there like you showed up here to church today and ask for a seat to go watch them play. They don't care about you. That's all they care about, them greenbacks, making that money. That's all they care about. Show up today and go, it's my team. I want to go to see my team. I got a chair in Wrigley Field just for me. See how they do that. They're going to say, where's your money? Jesus says, come just as you are. He says, why spend your money on stuff that don't satisfy? He says, why go to stuff that leaves you empty inside? He said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Everybody comes to Jesus for free just as they are. Look at your neighbor and say, come to Jesus. Now, I don't have any problem as a preacher, you watching sports. Just remember who your God is. It's not somebody who hits a ball with the bat. It's the creator of the universe died on the cross so you could have eternal life. That's my God. Amen. That's my father in heaven. He's my provider, my Jehovah Jireh, my healer. Somebody say, my God. Act like you're in the South, folks. Somebody say, my God. Praise him, somebody. The Bible says that he commanded these disciples now to go to the whole world. That's the calling. Well, I don't want to do that. I just want to be a disciple that goes to church, looks pretty on Sunday, and every now and then goes to those special concerts and plays that they do, you know. I love those plays where they act like Jesus, have a little angel come down from the rafters. Oh, this one church they brought in the donkey was so awesome. I just walked into the church. Oh, it's so cool. That's the kind of person I want to be. Oh, don't ask me to make another disciple. I'm taking plan B. I don't want plan A. Some people think like Jesus came to earth like a used cars dealer, you know. Oh, 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 you, oh, you don't want the GPS car? Uh, with the car with the GPS, we'll get you one with the tape deck then. You want the tape deck? That's okay. We'll save you money. Oh, you don't need air conditioning? We'll get you the one without air conditioning. You think Jesus is coming to you going, hey, let's make a deal. I want you to follow me. Do you want to follow me? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I'll make it real easy for you. Let me just tell you what you can do. But then these other radicals called Metro Praise, they're going to go do this. So you do that and they do this. Is that how it works? How many did he command? All of them. How many commands did he tell them to now teach the other disciples they were going to make? Everything. So what are churches supposed to do to make disciples that make disciples? I can't come to you and give you 90% of Jesus' teachings. I have to give you 100% of Jesus' teachings. 
And discipleship is the process of learning Jesus' teachings. Some of you don't know Jesus' teachings. Well, you need to come to boot camp and get it. That's what we call the 101. You get trained in the 101. We do it one-on-one so that you can have your schedule, your time, and your privacy to meet with somebody to disciple you. We care about you like that. We don't want your money. We don't want you to just fill a chair. We want you to obey Jesus Christ because here's the blessing. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, people about Zimmerman trial this and abortion this and homosexual this. This is all I know about the last days, baby. Jesus Christ is with his church. He's wherever his church is. He's wherever a disciple is. He's wherever you are if you are with him. If you're his, you are with him and he's forever with you. This is the calling to be a disciple that makes disciple. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a pretty good introduction. Look at your other neighbor and say, now he's going to preach to us. Turn with me now to the scripture that I have for you today. Matthew 16, 24 through 27. Y'all love Jesus? Oh, I'm so excited. I was in Fort Wayne yesterday just talking to folks. Man, I just can't get enough of Jesus. I'm just so impressed about what God's doing around the world today. We're not the only ones. Oh, man, God is doing so many good things. Just stick with Jesus. If you love being a business person, if you love teaching, if you love working where you're at, that's because God's given you that joy. Keep God number one so you can enjoy those things you do upon this earth. May we not trust in the dollar bill, but trust in God. Amen? Look at Matthew 16, 24 through 27. I want to give you four points today for the message that you'll have to do to receive your calling to do this. Because all of us have excuses. All of us have reasons to why it's hard that we become a disciple that makes disciples. Everybody has to overcome things. I understand that. Jesus understood that, of course. So I'll tell you the four things we all have to do so that this can happen in our lives. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his what? Disciples. Whoever wants to be my what? Disciple must, number one, deny themselves. Number two, take up their cross and follow me. He gives three right there. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses it for my sake will find it. Number four, lose your life. Then he tells you this illustration. Jesus was a master of illustrations. Listen to it, please. And those of you who have heard it and had it read to you a hundred times, let it be like the first time right now that you hear this illustration. This is our God talking. He's wanting to really impact us with his points here because he gives us an example. And this is what he says. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world? Oh, I got the whole world. Yet forfeit their soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Well, I said right here is your, is your soul. What would you want me to put right here to exchange for it? Jesus says even if you had the whole world, even if you were Donald Trump and could buy and own everything, even if you were Bill Gates, the richest man in the world, Warren Buffett, even if you were a dictator and you had all the treasures of your kingdom, all of this, whatever you could call all, you have all technology, you have all wisdom, you have all power, everything that can be gained into this physical world, is it worth your eternal soul? You're going to live here for, what, 80, 90 years? How long is eternity? Time without end. 
This is why Jesus said in another passage, if your right hand causes you to sin, it would be better for you to cut it off and go to heaven being called lefty than to go to hell with all your limbs. Because he's trying to get you the understanding. Even if you suffered here, even if you were done wrong here, even if your life was hurtful here and painful, if you could just hold on to him, if you could just hold on to Jesus, if you could just take him by his hand and say, lead me through these valleys, I'm trusting you. It will be worth it because you'll have eternity with him. But if you had all the pleasures of this world and you only had them 80 years, they're not worth your eternal soul. Jesus believed and taught a hell because he knew there was a hell. He wasn't trying to just scare people to him, to just give them fire insurance. Oh, I want to be with Jesus so I don't go to hell. He was trying to let them know hell is real, but I'm better. And if all of you today and I and my family, if we all could understand how great God is, we wouldn't accept any substitutions. What will a man trade his soul for? There are three things God gave you that make you who you are. Your self-identity. Every one of us, though we're in an earthly body, some big, some small, some female, some male, some young, some old, all of us have a gift of God called self-identity. We identify with who we are. There was one day our conscious mind began to understand this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. God gave you self-identity. The next thing that he gave you is that he gave you a will to decide what you would do with your self-identity. What kind of person would you be? Would you be the kind that listens to your parents? Would you be the kind that goes to school? Or would you get a trade? How would you live? He gave you self-identity. He gave you a will. And then the third thing he gave you is a moral conscience. Something that would help guide you, to let you know right from wrong. That's why when we go overseas and missionaries go to jungles that have never had western civilization, they still respect their mom and dad. They still aim to do things like unto their neighbor. Why? Because his conscious soul, the thumbprint of God, is in every man. Yet we all know we're not as good as we ought to be. We all know our moral compass is somewhat broken. We make excuses for the bad things we've done. We look at our will and we say that we, our will, has become our very own enemy. The things we wish we wouldn't do anymore and we say, I'm not going to do it anymore, are the very things we end up doing. And then we realize our self-identity so much, the enemy that we hate the most is the person we see in the mirror. Because we're in a fallen world with a fallen, sinful self-identity, with a broken will connected to sin, with a conscience that can hardly even American culture have us to recognize a baby in a womb is still a person. Fifty million children die in America because of abortion. What's happened to us? We're fallen, and yet Jesus is offering us, his disciples, the most precious promise a fallen, broken person could ever want in exchange. We get to actually exchange something now, but not with the world. We don't exchange our broken self-identity and will and conscience with what Lady Gaga's doing, do we? Do we really want to trade our conscience for hers? Do we really want to trade who we are to be like Warren Buffett? No, Jesus says, trade it with me. Look at the verse again, verse 25. Highlight it back there in the brother, please, in the back, please. Verse 25, whoever wants to save their life will what? But whoever loses their life for me will what? 
find it. You will only find yourself when you look to Jesus. A lot of times we teach our kids, just find yourself and do good things for yourself. No, don't tell them that. That's how Columbine happened, because that's what's the evil inside their heart. That's why they're addicted to video games. No, don't tell young people to try to find themselves. Tell them to lose themselves and find eternal life in Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm telling you, it works for everybody. Jesus has never not made somebody new. You may say, Pastor, you don't know me. I was born like this, and I have attractions like this, and sometimes I do this, and I can't stop. Yes, my friend, you were born a sinner, but it's time to get born again a saint. It's time to let Jesus Christ change your self-identity. Whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Here are these four things I want you to hear. Just as we take our time, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple, deny themselves. Matthew 5, 3, you don't have to turn there. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who deny themselves and understand God is all they need. When you think you're 95% good and all you need is 5% of Jesus on Sundays, you're never going to get the kingdom of heaven. I've met better moral people than you who have met me at these altars weeping, saying Jesus is the room at the cross for me. Why? Because they understood their sinfulness to God. I'm sure you look really good compared to Hitler and Stalin. I'm sure you might get an award for that, right? But, hey, there's nobody in heaven applauding those who didn't commit genocide. It's not like Jesus says, hey, we got Bob up here and he didn't commit genocide. Oh, and here comes Mary. She didn't molest or kill her children. We got a special place for you guys. No, you are compared on Judgment Day not to Hitler and Stalin, but to the perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ. How? How are you compared to him? Once you compare yourself to Jesus, oh, no, I I don't look like Jesus. I, I, I don't love my enemies like Jesus. I don't always forgive like Jesus. I don't always do unto my neighbor like Jesus. Then you understand, deny yourself. Come to Jesus poor in your spirit saying, Jesus, there's nothing of value I give you to trade for heaven. It's not like Jesus says, okay, I know that you're not good enough to get to heaven, but I'm just going to help you a little bit, and and you're going to be that little engine that could, and you're going to chugga, chugga, choo-choo your way to heaven. And then eventually it's going to be a little bit of me and a little bit of you and a little bit of me and a little bit of you. And we're just going to celebrate when we get up here. No, this is what he says. Deny everything about yourself. Deny what you think you can do for him. And if you hear a little squeal of your flesh, try to come back and go, oh, I think I know better. Number two, put it on the cross. Carry your cross. And what does that mean? Myself is dead on that cross. Myself is dead there. It's not what Joe thinks anymore. It's what God thinks. Now, I just want to go deep for some of you right now that say, I don't need God to tell me right from wrong. If there wasn't a God, you wouldn't know the difference from right from wrong. Let me help you understand this. The only reason today that people like atheists can even do what they're doing is because God gave them that compass. Because truly, if there wasn't a God that gave them a compass, then what Hitler did was fine. Because last time I went to my backyard, I killed the ants, and I felt no bad for them. 
If all we are is an evolutionary process of cells and we became these animals called humans, we can kill each other however we want as long as it makes us happy. To believe anything other than that, you need something outside a human race to set a standard, that being God. Hence, if there's no God, there is no moral code. But if there is God, he's the answer for your moral code. Think about it. Now that moral code points in your heart and says you have failed at it. Yes, you're not as bad as others. Maybe you haven't done all that they have done, but you have told lies. You've taken things that haven't belonged to you. You've coveted what your neighbor had. You've lusted after people you weren't married to. You've held back your money from the poor and helping those in need. You have fallen into the same trap of all of us. So what do we do? Deny ourselves. We say, God, I can't save myself. I deny the ambition I would have to try to save myself. I won't follow Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra. I'll follow you. I don't have good within myself somewhere down in here. The further I go, the darker it goes. The deeper my hurt and pain is, the more I look to myself. But God, I deny myself and I look to you. And because myself, as long as I'm on this earth, will try to have a battle with me, I carry this cross, Galatians 2.20 says, I carry this cross to remind myself I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ now lives within me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Let's put that up there. I want everybody to see that, please. Galatians 2.20. Turn there in your Bible so you can get excited. Are you all excited? It's about Jesus today, and he loves every one of us. Oh, I thank God that a sinner like me didn't have to work for salvation. Riding my little bike of the hill of good works, on my little hamster wheel of good works, I could never make it, nor could you. What did Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden for anyway? Was it because they tried to murder and cannibalize each other? Why did Adam and Eve get kicked out of that garden? Anybody know? Disobeying what? What did God say? Don't murder, don't kill. What did he say? Don't eat the fruit. How serious do you think obedience is to God? If the whole human race was held by the threat of one command, don't eat a fruit, how serious do you think your God is about commands? It's pretty serious, is he not? Any parent ever relate to that? Parents, we can draw lines in the sand with our kids, can't we? Clean that room. Because you don't want to know what happens if you don't. Is it, is it really the room that really is that important? No, but it's the, it's the sign of obedience to rebellion. It's like a line in the sand. It's like right there. It's a simple thing, but it's just right there. It's like if you love me, if you respect me, if you appreciate the food I give you, clean your room. But if they don't, how do parents, how do we take that? My kids don't understand. My kids are rebellious. It breaks our heart, doesn't it? It breaks our heart. It's the same thing with God. He's not giving us commands for command's sake. He's doing it so we can be close to him. Murdering's a bad thing. Lying is a bad thing. Selfish ambition, doing things for yourself is a bad thing. He is showing us the way of life. And he says, when you follow these commands, you please me. And I find joy in your presence. And you find joy in my presence. I want to be in a love relationship with my God. Amen? I don't want to be those that he spits out of his mouth in Revelation. I want to be those that when he sees us on Judgment Day, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we say, God, it wasn't us. It was you in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that was ever in the world. Look at Galatians right here. Three, uh, 220 please. Let's read it together on the count of three. 
And we got the 84 version up here, brother. Do you know how to click up here and get that 2011? NIV played a trick on us. They went into a new edition of their translation. Go to 201 class and you can learn about Bible translations. But I want it to be in that version. Do you know how to do it? Don't worry about it yet. I'll keep preaching. You get it back up there. I want you to think about this today. If you do not serve Christ, what are you serving instead? And for those of you who are saying, oh, I do serve Christ, but I do it my own way. My question to you is, is your way the Bible way? If we're getting to make up ways, why don't we make up ways where we get to do that in diet too, right? I want to go on the ice cream diet. And so if you look at me and I'm getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I'll tell you I'm really a beast. I'm really awesome. And I get to eat ice cream whenever I want, the pizza. It's all awesome. Now, if you saw me, I'm all out of shape. I'm all obese. And then I say to you, I'm built just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Take a look at me. You're going to think I'm delusional. Why is it we do this with Christianity? I'm a Christian. Look at me. I cuss. I lie. I look at pornography. I'm not faithful to God, but I'm a Christian. No, you're self-deluded. You have changed the definition. So my question is, if you're not going to serve Christ, be honest with yourself. Who are you going to serve? And if you're saying, yes, I'll serve Christ, pastor, that's why I'm here. I'm out of respect for this family and that I'm supporting. And yes, I do believe in Jesus. Okay, well, then how are you going to serve him? Do you make up your own way, you know, or do you serve him his way? Look at this scripture. Let's read together. One, two, three. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I get an amen for that today? Is that your statement today? Can you say that and mean it? I live for Christ. I deny to myself. I'm not going to marry single people. Look at me, please. Don't marry the one you want to marry. Marry the one God wants you to marry. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I look around at the couples here and the beautiful families that God has given them. He will give you a bonita senorita. And he'll give you one that's loyal to you, that loves you and takes care of you all the days of your life. Amen. All those here that have dreams of business. Sometimes we think, well, you know, this preacher wants me to live for Jesus. He wants me to go to Bible college. No, God forbid. If we all went to Bible college, we'd all be like me. And I don't even know how to hammer a nail. We, I, I mean, I, I don't even know how to build anything. There wouldn't be any houses. There'd be no construction. We'd be, I was with the Amish yesterday. We went to the Amish market. They don't have any electricity, horse, and buggies. That's where we'd be. My kids' clothes would stink. I don't know how to really wash clothes. I don't know how to iron. We don't want people to be like me. What we're saying is everything you do, do it for God, not to try to be like the preacher, be like Jesus. So we, when you're on your job and you're doing what you're passionate about, ask God to make you the best at it. Ask God to make you wise at what you do. Ever heard of Hobby Lobby, that little small company? What about that small chain of restaurants, Chick-fil-A? How about, how about them? You ever heard of them? Billion-dollar businesses owned by Christians, people who love God, people who want to do things in this world other than just make money. They want to provide things for the world, you know, give commodity, help the economy. Hey, shouldn't we all do that? Yes, we should. We all can't be preachers, but we all can be disciples. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Be a great disciple. That's a stay-at-home mom. Well, I'm a police officer. I'm a detective. Well, be a great detective, FBI agent. We have them in our church. Well, I work in a call center for my business, and I handle disgruntled uh, customers. You really need Jesus. You need Jesus to give you love for those customers. 
And I promise everybody here, if you're a good disciple for Jesus Christ, your boss, your employees, your customers will love you even that much more. It's not like your boss is going to say, hey, you telling the truth around here again? We don't like employees that tell the truth around here. You know, oh, oh, you're coming early and staying late. You're dedicated doing unto us as you would want to be done unto you. Oh, we don't like that. We like selfish people to work for us around here. We don't like loyal people. We like, we don't like that. You think your boss is going to say that? When you meet a police officer, would you want him to be a God-fearer or a man-pleaser? I would want him to fear God. Would you want our politicians and judges to look after money and bribes and be corrupt, or do you want them to fear God? How do you want this world to be run? Now you change it. Whatever you see that needs to be changed, you change it. Find your passion in that place. Well, I'm going to be a physical therapist. Be the best that you could be. I'm going to be a business person. Be the best you can be for Jesus. Can I hear an amen? He said, deny yourself. That means accept that you can't save yourself. He said, take up your cross. That means to consider your ideas, your self-identity, your will, and your idea of what's morally right is now dead. And you take on his identity. You take on his will. You say, not my will, but his will be done. And you now listen to his moral code and follow it. He then said, follow him. And look at Galatians 5, 24 through 26 as we get ready to close. If you're ready for me to close, can I hear an amen? Oh, you don't want me to close yet? Only a few of you said amen. What the rest of you want me to do? Everybody say, preach. Praise God. Next week, we might have fans here, by the way. Because I'm a little hot up here today. If you're hot, we apologize. We love our remodeled building, and it's awesome in the winter, but in the summer, all the air conditioning goes right up there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Galatians 5, 24. If you're there, say I'm there. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? The flesh with its passions and since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the, let us not become provoking and envying each other. We deny ourselves, we take up our cross, and we follow Jesus, and we lose our life to find his. What is your spirit saying this morning, Jesus? Go to church. Okay, I'll follow you there. I'm keeping in step with Jesus. Jesus, where do you want me to go today? I want you to go hang out with your family. Okay, Jesus, that's where I'll go. Jesus, what do you want me to do tomorrow? I want you to go to work. Do it as unto me. Jesus, what do you want me to do with this situation that I'm facing? Asking me for wisdom, and I'll give you wisdom. That's the Christian life. Jesus, what should I do with my neighbors? Teach them all that I taught you. I want to close with this story. You know, uh, I got a little bit of a tan here, and it's nothing like a, 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 a gringo tan. I love it, you know. All those people of color, I envy you. We all try to be like you, you know, going to tanning beds and all of that. You know, like a little Chicago shore for Jesus here. And... Uh, and so it all started with these kites, man. I, uh, I, I moved out to Elgin. We got this big backyard, and there's like a field out there. And, and uh, I have some friends that are from India that are on the both sides of me, and I guess kite flying is real popular around there. So 4th of July came, and I see these kites in the air. And I'm like, man, I have not flown a kite since I was a kid. But I'm like, I got kids, and this looks like fun. We'll fly a kite. So I go to Walmart, and I buy some kites, and it flies up there. And then my neighbor, he's got a little bit bigger of a kite. And I go, man, I want to get a bigger kite than my neighbor. 
And so, you know, this is just me taking it to the next level. So then there's this kite store. There's actually a kite store on Harlem by Higgins, right, that has these kites there. And I go, man, I want these big kites. I want these kites that you can do tricks with. And there's actually two-handle kites. You can make them flip around and do all these things. And so I start going out flying these kites. And, and uh, then I find a guy out there, and he's flying kites. And he's like, oh, dude, you need to upgrade to these kind of kites. So bottom line is I have about a dozen kites right now. And, and, and my kids probably look at them for like two seconds and then they walk away. But I bring them all out there. So I, I lug out all these kites and, and we fly them up there. Some of them have eight uh, feet wingspan and they look beautiful. And I, I put them all the way up there. And then all of a sudden, here comes Larson, my Muslim neighbor. He said, oh, my daughter saw that kite. And we just wanted to come over here and see it. I say, man, you want to fly? You want to take a look at it? Yeah, go ahead. Then all of a sudden, Lydia comes over, my neighbor from India, and she goes, oh, my son, Ritwick, he loves kites, but we don't have a kite. I was thinking about getting one. I said, well, I got an extra kite. Would you like to fly a kite? And then her and Ritwick start flying the kite. And God is my witness. My wife is there. Another family came, and another man came with his son. And within about a half hour flying kites, there was a dozen people from this suburb community all hanging around, sharing life together. And I began to think to myself, if we all could just find things in our life to share with people and then give them the best news about Jesus Christ, we could change this world. If we could just find things that we do in life and just share them with people and help them know that Jesus loves them and give them that message, we'll fulfill his great commission. We can't make people disciples. I didn't make you come this morning. Did I wake you up this morning and say, you better get up, soldier. It's time to go to church. Did I do that? No, I used to. I don't do it anymore. When I had like five people, I was like, Bob, you coming? I mean, Bob, you better get up and come. And Nancy called up to me to Betty and see if she's coming. And we would be like, okay, you coming? Okay, we got all five of you guys here now. But I didn't call up anybody this morning and say, you better come to church. No, you came because you wanted to, right? Let's all now be disciples because we want to. And let's find places in our world that we can share Jesus Christ with. The calling is to be disciples that make disciples. How do we do it? We deny ourselves. We take up our cross. We follow Jesus. And we give our life away to have his life. Amen. If you believe it, would you stand to your feet and bless him today? Come on, just bless the Lord because he's calling us. Van, would you come please? Let us pray. Father, I thank you today for this service. Lord, thank you for bringing every family member and friend here and for all those that consider this their church. God, we're just so thankful for what you're doing. And now, Lord, we ask you just to examine our hearts to see if there's any wicked way in us, any way that doesn't line up with you. And Lord, lead us in your path today. Let us all be disciples that make disciples. With every head bowed and eyes closed right now, would you just search your heart and just ask the Lord that prayer. Say, Lord, show me what areas of my life need to change. Our church, we always do the gospel presentation after worship because we want everybody to hear it. But I want to repeat it again. If you're not born again, you need to be. If you're not in a relationship with God, he loves you and wants you to be. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you're saying, man, I need a new relationship with God. I need to start this over. I need a fresh start. Then just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. 
for those that are here and, uh, and they're saying you're, you're saying yes I have a relationship with God but it's not everything it's supposed to be there there are compromises I know it I don't need you preacher to tell me but I know it but today I want to change if that's you would you just tell the Lord say Lord change me come on I deny myself my pattern my way of doing things my self-identity I want you and as we're praying that if you sense God in your life and you're accepting the call of discipleship with nobody looking but just for your sake would you just raise your hands to heaven with me and just begin to say God use me to make disciples altar workers would you come Come on, just sing out to what's in your heart right now as we're getting ready to pray, please. Come on, those who are just feeling Jesus, just raise your hands as a sign of surrender. Oh, and just say, Jesus, use me to make disciples. Use me to change my world for you. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, God. I want to be your disciple. That makes disciples. A few moments. Come on, just stretch out those hands and lift up your heart to God. No one looking, no one listening. It's you and him. I'm sorry if I'm not Jesus today, but friends, he sent me here on his behalf. In this church and others here and other Christians, we may not be perfect, but we're guiding you to the perfect Savior. Don't make excuses today. Find Jesus. He's so big. He can live in all of our hearts. He's so personal that he can wipe all of our tears. He's so powerful that he can forgive all of our sins. He's such a great Savior that he can save all of us. Hallelujah. Just a few moments as Lauren lifts up her voice in the song of the Spirit. You just talk to him in your own words. We'll dismiss in just a moment. But just you and God right now. so much. I love you. Next week, we're going to talk about the details of discipleship. You know, those things that we all need to do, read our Bible, pray. So bring a friend, you know, come. But today, if you still need prayer for discipleship or healing, or you want to dedicate your life again to the Lord, our prayer workers are here for you. 
and we're going to sing some songs to Jesus, but we're going to dismiss. But before we do, I just want you to know, Jesus called you to be his disciple today. He called you, did he not? He called you. Follow him. He's worth it. He's a lot better than me. He's a lot better than any preacher you've ever met. He's worth following. Amen? Amen. Father, bless us as we all go our separate ways. Let us leave here, but never your presence. May we all be disciples that make disciples. Bless every family gathering and everything that we do this week in your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can you give God a shout of hallelujah? Come on, bless him. Hallelujah. Woo! Slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm coming to Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Come up for.